Welcome back to the Silver Screen Roll Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sabrina Merchant, and this is I Love Basketball. You may notice that we are on Thursday this week instead of Friday. That's going to be a permanent change going forward, but don't worry, Christian and Jacob will still be here on Fridays for you. I am joined today by Anthony Irwin once again. Anthony, how are you doing? I'm holding up. I'm, I think I'm holding up. Avery finally started sleeping. Uh, we got a new day that, that we can record. Shouts to Harrison for pulling that off, and I don't have to do three podcasts on Thursdays uh, for Fridays now. So so I appreciate that. I'm, look, I'm excited. This is going to be the new deal, you and I moving forward. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I uh, also have lots of things going on on Thursdays, so <laughs> uh, helpful all around. <laughs> Yep. Anyway, um, what I wanted to talk about today was, I don't know, I'm sort of getting the feeling it's been one month officially since the NBA season was postponed. Mm-hmm. And at the time, we really had no indication of when the season would or if it would be able to resume. And now that we're in a month, a month, you know, removed from that, do you have any idea? Like, where are you leaning whether or not there will be basketball left in the 2019-20 regular season or if we're just going to cancel this one, move on to the next one. I, so initially I was actually pretty pessimistic about there being basketball again, uh, just because it just seemed like such a daunting task. And, and there was just, you know, from a, from a societal and from a literal safety situation standpoint, uh, I just didn't think we were ever really going to be set up to have to save this year. Uh, but the more that I have kind of thought about it and then the the few conversations I've been able to have with some people, I I actually do think the NBA uh, is, has really prioritized finishing off this last year. What what basically the owners and the players and the league as, as a whole, what they cannot afford um, based on some of the stuff that I've heard is to not have these playoffs take place, to just lose out – on an entire year's worth of playoff revenue. So what I actually think is going to happen here is they'll wait however long they have to wait and play it under whatever weird circumstance they have to play it under, whether it's without fans or in a sequestered type of situation like baseball is trying to trying to do, um, whatever it might be, they're going to try to play these playoffs. And then uh, if that, you know, let's say they they play, you know, they play the playoffs a month or two late, then they'll start the following year a month or two late, but make it a shortened season, uh, and then and then end that at the usual uh, end time so that everybody continues to have their vacation. You you get the return to normalcy a full season from now. Um, the the reasons I'm kind of the reasons I think that's kind of come to there. That's how I think this is going to go. First, you had Dame Lillard say that no players want to push the season back and have it start in December and have it go later into the summer because uh, everybody likes to have their summer vacations. And then, mm-hmm. and then also just the amount of money that the the um, playoff revenue is responsible for, like in terms of the percentage that the league kind of lives off of from year to year, is pretty astronomical. And given not just that it's just your normal playoff situation, but you're going into uh, a playoffs here where you have two late or two LA teams that might be playing in the Western Conference Finals. You have Giannis against LeBron potentially in the NBA Finals. You have like 
It's just there's just so much going on. You have an Eastern Conference that is finally interesting beyond like just the <laughs> conference final. So I think the the league really wants to to have these playoffs take place, uh, no matter how weird or however you know uh, they have to tweak their their situation to be able to make it work. Whether that is this year or next year, there was also a report, and maybe it was just out of straight up from Adam Silver's mouth, where he said like. We're also looking at how this might affect our league moving forward beyond this year. And that was really kind of the final nail in the coffin to me that that told me that they're willing to push back. Like what matters a lot more to them is having these playoffs played compared to having next year start at a normal start time. Like the the there's not nearly as much money made in September, October, even November compared to the amount of money that is made in uh may june and and until july like that's the that's the more important months or or portions of the season and they're going to do i think whatever it takes to 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 save that aspect of it what do you think how how do you where are you leaning on this yeah i think you hit on like the most important point which is that the playoff games for this season would be worth so much more to the league than regular season games at the start of next year yeah and that's kind of what i keep coming back to that Eventually, if you know, if and when the league is able to resume basketball operations, they're going to want to make it as profitable as possible. And given that they've already lost so much money, both from these canceled regular season games over the last month, and then also the China situation at the start of the year, yeah, like this has not been a very fruitful year from a fiscal perspective for the league. And um, it just seems like everything I've heard, they're so... Uh, careful to say that they're not canceling things right away. Like they're still yeah. looking ahead to see what could potentially happen. Like everyone is being so discerning with their words. Like I just haven't heard anyone outright say like, you know, the were the league to cancel the rest of the season or, you know, anything like that. Um, it just seems to me that they don't want to have an unfinished season, you know, mm-hmm. and whether that's because of the, you know, monetary implications or just because, no one wants to have like a MLB 1994 type season where there was just no champion, right? Like there's yeah. just a weird year to look back on. Um, I think the NHL had one of those years actually recently too, but it's the NHL, so I, I don't particularly <laughs> remember when it was. But, uh, uh, yeah, it's just like like LeBron was saying, you know, that it'd be impossible to have closure on this season if they didn't play any more games. And like from a very literal perspective, absolutely, it'd be impossible to have closure. And for a league that seems to have so much investment in like historical ranks and like, you know, comparing players over eras. It's just, it's hard to have that when you have a completely lost postseason, Right. Yeah. Yeah. And th- Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Even going back to like the whole thing where, you know, before, um, you know, coronavirus made it impossible for us to hold games. Like they were saying that the Atlanta Hawks owner was interested in, you know, moving back to Christmas on a permanent basis, which I don't know if that's legitimate or not, but, I don't think the NBA would mind doing that as a one-off, you know? So the fact that they'd have to move the 2021 season back, it doesn't appear to me that like, that's a sticking point for the league office. Like they seem to have no problems with, you know, sacrificing Peter to pay Paul or however that phrase goes, right? Like they want to have a postseason. Like that's the main indication I've got from everything I've heard from all of the reporting. Yeah. I, I, I think basically, you know, it's going to, it's really going to kind of come down to, 
what all do the late do do the players really prioritize here? Because like they can't have everything here. Dame can can tweet all he want about how they want to have their summer vacation and, and be able to keep their summer vacation. And so then are you willing to skip out on a portion of next year to make that happen? Are you willing to forego this year's postseason to to be able to continue to make that happen? And I don't think the second option there is is an option at all. Just again, I can't I can't say this definitively enough that the league is legitimately de- desperate. I think to to get these this postseason played because, mm-hmm. like you said, you had the China thing to start the year, and and that was already potentially going to affect the actual cap for for next year. And then uh, on top of that, you have this entire situation where we've we've missed basically a month so already about a fifth or a fifth of the uh the season so far so do players want to forego a fifth of their regular season money and then and you know if the league doesn't have a postseason revenue to be able to to have money to generate the the salary cap and figure out the salary cap from there like you're looking at free agents this upcoming year might like I, I think you might even have some clutch players opt in for next year, and and I think <laughs> like what what that all kind of comes down to is the only way to protect normalcy. I think moving forward is to get the revenue that this postseason is going to generate, and then if it is really important to players to continue to have their summer vacation, then they're going to have to forego a percentage of next year's salary too. Because they're going to have to start that year later, and unless you want to squeeze an 82 game season into a season that is, you know, a month, maybe two or three months shorter, which it's just not feasible from a, from a physical standpoint. Unless you want to try to squeeze all that in there, or you forego, you know, a month's salary or two months' salary, uh, whatever amount of games that would be played in that time. And remember, like October, you only get, you know, like a week's worth of games, right? So right. What they what they're really thinking about here, I think, is if we lose October, fine. We lose November, okay. Uh, even if we lose December or like half of September or, or uh, December, and mm-hmm. and get into the later part of the December and and start next year at Christmas and play like a fifty game season and then again play the postseason after that. And then the following year, finally be able to get to an 82-game season and a, a full postseason from there. Like, that's all fine. But somewhere, somebody's going to take a pay cut. Somebody's going somebody's to have to give something back. And either the players are going to be willing to give some amount of their salary back or they're going to have to give some of that vacation time back. And I don't know... Like <laughs> the portion of the year that I take my, my vacation to me doesn't seem as important as a portion of my literal uh, income over the course exactly. of that year. So I don't know how the players and how the players union and even how some of the owners are going to to handle that. I the, There was also like I was listening to Rosillo and Simmons and they were saying that apparently like one of the reasons why they've been kind of hesitant to move the season back to December is because in June, July, August, where the NBA is usually not playing, well, that's the time when everybody is usually outside 
or on vacation, and、uh-huh. you don't have as many people in front of the TV. So they want those cold months, those 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 cold season months, to be able to to get more people in front of the TV where they're more interested in the season. So even though you might have a larger You know, percentage of the pie because you won't have as much competition as the NBA currently does、uh, in the in the summer months. They 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 still say that it would be a smaller pie that they would be generating money from. So you have all these things kind of coming together, and and what it basically comes down to is what is everybody going to prioritize above all else? Is it going to be? I think we know it's going to be the playoff revenue. That that、mm-hmm. one. I think we can definitively say that that's going to be their top priority, and then from、right. there, is it going to be is it going to be their vacations, or is it going to be the amount of money that they have to give back to be able to maintain those vacations? And then for the owners, they're going to have to decide: is it、uh, is it going to be worth it to try out,、uh, you know, taking a larger piece of the pie come those summer months, or are they going to be willing to forego a portion of their season? To return to the normalcy that they have grown accustomed to over the over the last decades since the, the NBA have have really gone out with this kind of schedule. I don't know what everybody's going to prioritize beyond that top one, but but I, I just find it hard to believe that everybody is going to come going to come together and say, you know what, we're fine with foregoing a couple months' salary in a year where we would otherwise be able to play a full season, even if it extends later into the summer than it normally、mm-hmm. would. I find it hard to believe that everybody would forego a couple months worth of salary to be able to to get a full traditional off season the following off season from now. It's an easy thing. It's an easy thing to say now, but when you're actually faced with that decision, I, I actually I just can't see everybody going that 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 route. What am I? I know it's a lot of information. It's a huge information、yeah. download for everybody listening right now. It's a whole bunch of numbers and in months and seasons and stuff like that. But but I don't know. Do you do you think that that it, those that's where the priorities are probably going to lie? I do think that that's where the priorities are going to lie. I think that they're going to prioritize、um, keeping the revenue from this season versus whatever the timing of next season is going to end up being, which. I mean that's going to lead into the Olympics too, which is going to make things even more complicated for the top level players because they're going to hopefully want some semblance of an off season before having to transition between the NBA calendar to, you know, potentially playing in Tokyo. But for me, like、yeah. one of the things we haven't even discussed is like I I wonder what's going to happen to like the salary cap and all of this because if you know the players have to give back revenue this year if you know the season finishes. I just know that like there was such an uproar in 2016 when there was that giant spike and it allowed you know the Kevin Durant Warriors to happen. If we were to see some sort of giant shift again this year, or potentially next year, depending on how the mechanics of the escrow sharing works, I think that the league is going to try to avoid any try any type of dramatic change like there was four years ago, just because we、yeah. saw how you know. How drastically that changed, like the entire makeup of rosters around the league. The league is still trying to to recover from from that debacle. The Lakers are still trying to recover from that.、Yeah. <laughs> They're going to be paying Lou Aldang, you know, for the foreseeable future. It feels like because of that debacle. Yeah,、um, but yeah, I mean, just like where, where is your gut leading right now? You think we're going to have more games in this regular season? I think, man. I don't. On on one hand, I want to say no because 
like any more games that they play this year is just going to put off getting to the postseason and then that's just going to further throw the uh the league schedule out of whack mm-hmm. but on the other hand from like a legitimate legitimate <laughs> <laughs> it's been a, Avery was not napping today I just, I just had a minor stroke but but from a from a legitimate safety standpoint uh for the players right you have a lot mm-hmm. of guys who might not have been able to really shoot a basketball for a significant amount of time while everybody's on this hiatus. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, they're going to, you're going to have like this insanely rusty pool of players jump immediately into the, uh, the higher stakes and, and, and higher uh, amount of energy that gets, that gets thrown out there in a playoff game. Like that seems like a really great way to have everybody, you know, pull a hamstring at the same time. Right. Like it just, it just feels like, it just feels like a really uh, short sighted way to go about this. So I think what, what, what they're probably going to do, I think they'll probably make the, the, the postseason pool smaller. Um, Yeah. And four teams, I think. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, hope that they recover, they recoup some of the revenue that they lose by not having some of those early, uh, postseason games by having higher stakes associated with the postseason games that we actually get to watch right from the get go. Um, right. And, but, but even before that, they'll play, you know, maybe eight or 10 regular season games so that everybody can kind of, get back into some kind of NBA shape. And, and that way you don't have playoff games being played in the fifties because nobody can hit a shot. <laughs> um, I, th- I think, I think that's the direction that they're probably going to go in. How, where, where do you, where do you see this playing out? Uh, my gut honestly tells me now that I don't think we're going to get any more basketball this season. Just oh, really? because I, this is a little bit regular season or postseason or both. 2019-20 season, kaput. Wow. I think the next basketball we see is going to be 2020-21. Um, and that's just because I don't – I just don't trust uh, the the government to put the country in a <laughs> place where it's safe to have basketball again. Yeah, that's the fairest point made future. so far tonight. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which is – it's a real bummer because uh, this has been a very enjoyable Lakers season. And I would hate for it to have ended on a – you know, in incomplete, and then also on that random loss to Brooklyn on that two set. <laughs> How did the LeBron James and, and Anthony Davis era end? Well, they lost to Brooklyn. Yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I think we should take a quick break, and then yeah. I wanted to talk about like how we're going to look back at this Lakers season, depending on the very when they come back. Yeah. Okay, so I think there are essentially three outcomes that could happen for the rest of the season with regards to the Lakers. Um, one of them is that there's just no basketball whatsoever. And we end like this with Lakers first place in the Western conference, but no postseason to really, you know, see what could have happened. Uh, the second one is that the season does come back, you know, in some alternate capacity and the Lakers win a title. Um, and then the third one is that the season does come back, but the Lakers don't. Um, and I'm curious, like, Let's just start with that first outcome where this is it. This is all we get. How do we look back on this Lakers season, like positively, you know, incomplete? Like, what what's the what's the end game here? I mean, 
Well, I guess I'll answer with a question because I'm interested in mm-hmm. what you would what you would rather have here. Would you rather have the season end like this, where there is essentially no real closure, or would you rather have the season end but have the Lakers lose either in the Western Conference Finals or in the championship, wherever it is that the Lakers wind up losing? That's a good question. Um, I think I would rather have some sort of postseason and the Lakers lose than have it incomplete like this. Wow, you hate the Lakers. <laughs> I mean, first of all, already ending on a loss. But I just think there's there's no way of adequately judging the team unless they get to go through a postseason. And even if it is some modified, you know, fanless, shortened postseason, it's still something. Yeah. And, like, we could always just look back on that and be like, oh, well, it doesn't really matter that the Lakers lost because, you know, they had to play in Vegas. And, like, you know, they <laughs> hadn't played basketball in six weeks before, you know, leading up to the tournament. But, uh, you know, like, like I said, there'd be excuses to be made. But I just think, as it is, like, yeah, you know, it was a nice, fun, regular season. But, like, as we've learned over the last decade or so, nobody cares about the regular season. Like the fact Golden State won 73 games in one regular season and they're just the butt of every single joke. You know, mm-hmm. it's not an accomplishment that they get to hang their hat on, you know, and the Lakers weren't historic this regular season. Yeah, they were the one seed, but they didn't win like, you know, any record number of games or anything. They had a nice regular season and they lost a couple of high profile games. And I would think that the team would like a chance to, make more of this situation and then just sit back and be like, Hey, you know, we did whatever we could over the first 60 some games. Yeah. I think I agree. Like if doc rivers gets to tell everybody that, you know, the, the three Pete era Celtics have never lost with Kendrick Perkins in the starting lineup. And then I think Lakers fans get to tell everybody that, you know, maybe things go a little bit different if a literal global pandemic doesn't strike as, as you know, LeBron James and Anthony Davis are getting ready. Like, they just – they had just beaten the Clippers in the box, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, if, if we go from that to, like, just not getting closure on this year, that's always going to feel like a year that, that it felt like the Lakers should have won a championship, right? Even right. even though, like – the Bucks might still be a buzzsaw and the Lakers caught them on, on an off day. Or or it might be that the Clippers, uh, you know, were getting ready to go on a crazy postseason run where Kawhi Leonard and Paul George couldn't load manage during uh, postseason situations. Like what, whatever it might be, like those questions are always going to be in the back of your head. And it's questions that drive you insane. It's not mm-hmm. it's not results that drive you insane. It, it It's results that sit with you for a while because it might not be the results that you want. But it's it's always the questions. It's the what ifs. It's the like the Chris Paul trade or the, the lack thereof. Like mm-hmm. the, it's that's a that's a that's a pivotal moment in NBA history, not because it happened and it, and it ended poorly. It's it's because we don't know like how how far those ripples might extend over the next you know generations of of players that might come to follow it, and and I think with this one the uh, the what ifs that would always face this year and and the what ifs that you know, this is the first good Lakers team in about a decade, so to go from like holy crap we might actually especially you know they like I said they had just beaten the two top teams that they were probably going to f- uh, face in the postseason and and beating them both soundly, right? They made mm-hmm. the Bucks look worse than they have all year. They made the Clippers, you know, like the everybody has thought, 
wow, the the I don't know how you're going to stop that that Lou Williams, uh, you know, Pat Patrick Beverly, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Trez Harold lineup. I don't know what's in any, anybody's going to do against that. And then it turns out like LeBron was like, oh, actually, what we're going to do is we're just going to pick on uh, Lou Williams just mercilessly until <laughs> he gets played off of the court. Like we saw the Lakers figure some of these teams out. And and then to you know to go from that and then immediately basically at like one game later jump into no actually there isn't going to be a decided outcome to the year it would be maddening so I, I'm with you even if it means that you know potentially the Lakers lose uh, in in the postseason like that's why you play these games in the first place otherwise like you would never have seasons. And, and, and like yeah. teams that won the off season would just get to say, yeah, yeah, we, we probably would have won, I think. And then we yeah. would move on to the next off season. <laughs> That's the whole point of all yeah, these yeah. things. The, the Lakers signed LeBron James, what, a year and a half ago now, or maybe closer to two years. Mm-hmm. I, I assumed we'd be getting some playoff basketball out of LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> and it's now two years running where that may not happen. And just forget being a Laker fan like this. As an NBA appreciator, like we deserve to see LeBron James postseason basketball. Like the fact yeah. that we've been denied of that since 2018 is is a travesty. Yeah. Like this is when he shines. This is what everybody wants to see is a historically great player in this type of situation. I mean, I don't even care if it's a modified truncated postseason where, you know, certain caveats apply. Like it's still playoff basketball, it's still LeBron James, and I miss it. I really want that to happen. Yeah, I, I think I think basically for for a lot it's not just it's not just us as Lakers fans too. Like you make a great point that basketball fans in general are saying this 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 had the chance to be because in the West you had the Lakers and the Clippers, which to me are a clear tier ahead of everybody else in the conference. But the exactly. Nuggets still look really good. The Rockets are on this insane grand experiment. Uh, Luka Doncic is going to have his first postseason play. We might Chris have Paul gotten back. Yeah. yeah, Chris Paul is doing crazy things in OKC. We might have gotten a Lakers Pelicans first round series. You know, you have got Lakers Portland with Damian Lillard. Yeah, like you had you. Did, so that's just the West. But then in the East, you have uh, Jason Tatum was on that incredible run before. He was kind of calming down a little bit, but he was still mm-hmm. playing the best basketball of his career, uh, which is insane in his third nineteen year old season. And then you had. <laughs> Uh, you had the, the 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 Toronto Raptors, which were on pace to win more games this year than they did with Kawhi Leonard. Uh, the the year that they had him, you know, and, and load management asterisks and, and explanations aside, but they were having an incredible year. Uh, you didn't know how spectacularly the uh, Philadelphia situation was going to unfold, whether that's Ben Simmons ever taking a three pointer or those guys ever figuring it out. Were those guys going to – would this break give those guys a time or a chance to get healthy? Would this break give Kevin Durant a time to get healthy so that if they do feel the full eight teams on both conference playoff field, would the uh, would the Milwaukee Bucks have to go up against a now healthy Kevin Durant and Brooklyn Nets team? Like you had all these things that, that would, were, were making for some of the most – interesting and exciting postseason play 
that we've seen really in the last four or five years because the Warriors were so dominant that it just felt inevitable mm-hmm. where that was going. So you finally had some question marks facing these post this postseason. So not just from a Lakers standpoint, but any fan of basketball was looking at this postseason like just just champing at the bit because but it was because it was going to be so incredible. And and, and really that's kind of what I come back to in terms of like why there's going to be such a a there's going to be such desperation of to to save these playoffs because you don't get you know po- the the postseason in general in any given year generates you know maybe more than half of the league's revenue i think and then this year yes, substantial share it's insane it's insane how much money that they rely upon the postseason for and then you know this was this isn't your typical postseason given all the actual legitimate questions facing who might actually win like the number one criticism of the NBA is that you do always get the best team winning the championship at the end of the year. This year, we don't know who the best team mm-hmm. is. So exactly, you, there's no predictability. Yeah, so you have you have all that going on, and 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 it would be you know it's easy for everybody to kind of listen to Lakers fans and say, you know, oh poor you, you're finally you're you're whining about not going to the postseason for the first time in a decade, but but really for everybody this year. Milwaukee might have won their first championship since the 70s, right? Since the 60s or 70s, since Kareem wanted to come to the Lakers. Uh, You have, you know, Toronto could win back-to-back championships after never having won one as a a franchise. The Celtics would finally match the the three-peat era Celtics for championships, right? (laughs) Like like you have all of these things that are going on. It, It would just, it would be such a... It would be such a disappointment to not get a postseason this year. And and all of that, like not just from the standpoint of wanting closure for the Lakers specifically, but just wanting some of these questions answered so that we can figure out which direction that the offseason might go from, you know, from after this year. Like if you're the Lakers right now, how do you make any decision on Kyle Kuzma? (laughs) If you're Anthony Davis, I think, you know, in all likelihood, he probably uh, he probably opts out but resigns with the Lakers. But, mm-hmm. you know, do you do you test the waters a little bit more because you didn't get to experience the, the postseason in a way that you could have with the Lakers previously? Like, it's not to say that he holds the Lakers in any way, shape or form at blame for the way things played out here. But mm-hmm. Like if the Lakers go through a fun postseason there, there is no chance whatsoever that that Anthony Davis. There's probably still not very much chance that he actually leaves. But but if they right. go through a fun postseason run, it is a done deal. He opts out, he resigns, and then he and LeBron get to get get to figure things out moving forward. But if they don't have a postseason, does he actually listen to any other teams? Does he actually, you know, picture any other scenarios? I don't know. And and and. You know, for for you, if you were put in Rob Polinka's shoes, like if there is no season, what would what would be your top priority moving forward into an offseason where you still have no idea about some of the pieces that the Lakers still have right now? Caruso, Caruso, Kuzma, like a lot of these guys, we still don't know enough about, you know, what kinds of decisions they have to make at their position moving forward next summer. Yeah, I feel like if we were denied, you know, playoffs most of these teams would just sort of be like in like a holding pattern. It would just be like 2021 would just be an extension of 2019, 20 and everyone would just sort of run it back as best as possible. Like the contenders, you know, because there's no way of, like you said, of accurately making assessments on what you have with your team, because 
so many of those decisions are made during the playoffs, like for better or worse. But I mean, like, like just looking at Milwaukee, right? Like I'm sure they, they extended Eric Bledsoe, you know, during the middle of the regular season last year. And then he went and pooped his pants in the playoffs again. And like, obviously that doesn't change the fact that he's a fantastic 82 game regular season player, but like it matters when you're a contender and you have a point guard who can't be trusted to like adequately Mm -hmm. bring the ball up the court, you know, during the playoffs. And those are the kind of data points that you need. And we're just denied of all of those. I mean, I I can't imagine what Rob Linka could do because I mean, first of all, financial security wise, I imagine that players would want to stay with their incumbent teams just because Mm -hmm. of, you know, securing larger contracts that diminishes the rules of the pool of free agents available as is. And then like, how do you sell it to the fan base that like, yeah, I don't think Kyle Kuzma's ready because that wasn't, he was never given the show that he could be ready for this situation. You know, Um, I, I would assume that they would just run it back as best as possible. Like if you're KCP, like, would you want to leave a situation where you could potentially win a title? Like, I don't know. I, I would assume it's a lot easier to leave once you've already like gotten a taste of the playoffs and known like, okay, I can do this. Like, let me cash in now, but it's, it's, there's so much uncertainty that I don't know how you look forward if yeah. this season just ends as is, you know? Yeah. And well, I wouldn't blame Palenka like any avenue he took because this is just unprecedented territory. The the Lakers right now, their playoff uh, or their, their player option player. So Anthony Davis has a player option. He's, right. he's opting out because he's going to get maxed out no matter what. But then right. it gets kind of interesting. Like you mentioned Contavious Caldwell Pope. He has a player option next year for about eight and a half million dollars next year. Does he opt out and see if he can continue to benefit from the clutch tax situation? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh does Avery Bradley, he has a player option for five million. I think he probably opts in because yes. he was he was relatively disappointing this year, so he just takes whatever money he can get. Mm-hmm. Um JaVel McGee has a player option next year for four point two million. I I don't know which way he goes. I think he probably opts in, but I don't I don't know for sure because he's getting to that age where you might want to just see if you can get an get extra year. Contract. Right, right. You can get one more year uh, out of out of his career now, and then you know you have Rondo who's going to make two point seven as a player option next year. He's probably taking that, but you know, given the way how dumb the Lakers have been with him. Like there's a chance they might give him an extra year if he opts out, right? So poor Rondo didn't have a chance to be playoff Rondo and then you know <laughs> cash that in on something. The Lakers signed the Lakers signed <laughs> Rondo for a playoff Rondo and then didn't get a playoffs. Like the entire league didn't get a playoffs. So so yeah, I don't. So if let's say so let's say so Anthony Davis probably opts out. Let's just go ahead mm-hmm. and, and pencil him in for whatever max contract he gets next year. I think it's right around forty mil. Right. Uh, I think it's a little bit less than that because he's only at thirty percent right now. He's okay. not at ten years of league yet. Yeah. Okay. So so let's say it's like thirty. It's like thirty five. Thirty. Well, it depends on what the cap is. So let's say it's it's yeah. a thirty. He gets the thirty three or thirty four percent max, right? Um, and we'll just for the in the interest of simplicity, we'll say it's a. I don't know what the cap. So right now the cap is for this year was at 109 uh yeah if, I think it was supposed to be like 116 next year so 30 percent of 116 is what is that um well i don't i don't think i don't think there's a scenario where it's actually 116 next year yeah i don't think so either but 
I, I mean, regardless of what happens, the Lakers aren't going to have meaningful cap room unless Anthony Davis leaves, and that's not a situation they want to prepare for. <laughs> that would just about sum up the, the spectrum curse. I hope yeah. you're listening. But, uh, but let's say, because I actually think it's it's actually likelier that it's probably going to be around 100 mm-hmm. uh, between the money that was lost this year and then if they're preparing for a shorter season next year too – then you're probably looking at a cap of about a hundred. So let's say his, you know, thirty three percent. That puts him at thirty. Oh, he's topped at thirty. Okay, so thirty. His thirty. Yeah. His thirty percent uh, uh, max next year would put him at thirty million next year. So that mm-hmm. means they have uh, LeBron at thirty nine. They have him at thirty. Danny Green at fifteen. I think KCP opts in because the money that he the the contract that he signed was based on a higher cap so i think he probably opts in same probably goes for bradley and 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 javel so that means the only real chip that the lakers have to play with next year is probably going to be the mid-level and Mm -hmm. if you kind of look at you know next year's uh, candidates for for free agency and the amount that they would probably make there like do they go in a mike conley uh, direction um with both caruso and rondo already under contract do they go after uh, like Serge Ibaka or uh, there's no way? I guess Joe Harris yeah, I think is they're under- more in like the like the Jay Crowder Joe Harris yeah area. God, yeah. if they could get Joe Harris for the for the mid level, that would be incredible. I think he goes for way more money because he's arguably the best shooter in the league. But but that'd be insane. But yeah, I I just think again, all of this is so impossible to gauge in a season that you don't have a definitive. <laughs> any definitive closure too but so let but i don't know for in the interests of of the exercise say they Mm -hmm. have lebron anthony davis danny green probably kcp uh avery bradley javale they won't have quinn cook probably won't might have demarcus on like a a minimum deal it looks like minimum yeah yeah if he's representing the lakers in a in a online tournament while he isn't <laughs> actually a Laker, he's probably going to be a Laker next year. Um, then they probably have Alex Caruso and their only real trading chip is Kyle Kuzma. Um, yep. So if that's your it's team, exactly the same as this year. <laughs> yeah, basically. But if that's your team, so if, if you had one, you know, you have one chip to be able to improve, well, basically two, you can either trade Kuzma or you could right. sign somebody at the mid level but what's the what's the one position that you're targeting, even if this you know this year ends with no actual closure? I still think um, a wing defender is something that you're looking for, uh, yeah. just because. Especially if you trade yeah. Kuz. Yeah, especially if you trade Kuz, and potentially if you know if KCP opts out, like there's just a little bit of a hole at the three. Yeah. Which. We saw this year um, until LeBron went, you know, supernova over that last weekend. But uh, another year older LeBron, it's just harder to rely on him to do that every game. Yeah, I man, the the free agency group next year is not great. I'm just warning everybody. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> you might actually like teams might actually be happy that the cap is going down because it might protect them from signing some of these guys. But yeah, I I think basically. The, the the thing to come out of all of this is just how complicated the decisions that are being made, you know, that are facing the league right now are not just from a standpoint of 
one of the more complicated pandemics that we have seen in our lifetime. Exactly. Uh, but also, you know, moving forward, even when everybody gets healthy, like how does the league rebound from that? How do teams prioritize all these moves with uh, imperfect and, and incomplete uh, data sets? Like how, how do all these decisions get made? I really don't know how. And I think, you know, combined with everything that we've talked about before, that's another reason why I think the teams, executives, and even some players are going to be pushing to get this year some kind of conclusion to this year. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I hope it happens just because I would hate to look back on this year, which has just, like I said, it's just, it's been so enjoyable, you know, for yeah. the first time in a very long time to watch this Lakers team. And, you know, even if it did end in the loss, it would just be easier to stomach than a what if. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, man, it would be like Pete and I are going through this exercise of, of we have this bracket for all time favorite Lakers teams. And this right. had the, this had the, you know, the potential to be one like on that list, you know, should we ever have to make such a list moving forward? And yeah. it would really suck to have this team be on a list like that and not have any kind of outcome to the year, whatever the outcome might be. Like our enjoyment, my, my love for the 08 team was not really swayed by the fact that they lost to the Celtics. That's still one of the more fun seasons of my lifetime as a Laker fan. So agreed. And I think like 2006 was so much fun and it wasn't ruined by the fact that they lost to Phoenix in the first round, you know? Right. Right. And, and I think with this, you know, even if the, even if the outcome isn't what we want, we just want an outcome. Exactly. That's, That's the hope. Yeah. Well, hopefully we get one. Uh, Thanks for coming on. Uh, this has yeah. been a very interesting conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we keep on saying, like, what are we going to talk about? But then we find ourselves talking for for longer than we anticipate. Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, this has been I Love Basketball. Make sure you're subscribed to the Silver Screen Roll podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you listen to your shows. And take care.